well, happy Father's Day, guys. All the, all the dads, all the fathers, um, I just want to be the first or the second or whatever to wish you happy Father's Day. And so, um, you know, we're, we're doing something special today. For Father's Day, uh, we have a couple of gifts. So, so right now, I'm going to ask every dad in the room, if you're a dad, would you just stand up, please? Come on, give them a round of applause while they're standing up. Yeah, yeah. Now, you guys stay up just a minute. We've got some folks who are coming around handing out a card here, and we have the, little, the kids have a gift for you. So the kiddos are going to bring a gift to the dads, and while they're bringing the, the gifts to the dads, dads, stay standing. Uh, you should also receive a card. So every dad should get a card, and when you get this card, I'm going to ask you to fill it out sometime during the service, and when the service is over, go out into the lobby to the Next Steps table and drop that off, and you will be entered to win a grill. And so somebody's going to win a grill today, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And also for our folks that are online, we haven't forgotten about you. So online folks who are watching right now, um, if you will just fill out the link there uh, online that has been provided for you, the Next Steps link, someone online today is going to win a $50 gift card to Outback that we will mail to you. So uh, we're going to hand all of these things out. Welcome to all of our online folks. Welcome to all of our dads. Uh, man, we, we, got, we got a flurry of activity with kids going around and dads getting their stuff. If you have gotten your card and your gift, you can go ahead and sit down and we'll get everything distributed right quickly. Yeah. So good to see so many dads in church today. We sure do appreciate y'all being here. It means a lot to, to your families for you to be here. What, what a great model that you're showing. <laughs> just a few more we're almost there we're almost there man brandy is hustling back there just a couple more and we'll we'll get rolling with things How cool is it to see our little kids in here doing something? Y'all like to see the kids and see what's going on in kids' world. Aren't they cute? Really cool. Brandy and her team does a great job of providing a place where they can learn to honor and learn to love Jesus, and this is part of it. They're honoring dads right now and learning the importance in dads' lives. So, all right, come on, church. Let's give all of our dads and all of our kids a big round of applause right now. Thank you to everyone who's making that happen. Fantastic. All right, I think everybody got something except Brent. We left Brent out, but sorry, Brent. We tried, buddy. <laughs> hey, so, so the title of our message today, I want to just talk to you for just a few minutes today. We're going to go on a little journey, uh, and if you're a dad, you're somewhere in this journey, or if you're not, you have met someone who is along this journey. But the title of our message today, real simple, Three Dads. Three dads. I want to talk to you about three dads, um, talk about some distinct seasons in, in a dad's life. And as we're going through this, we're going we're to look at the Bible and see what God's Word tells us. You know, I don't know about you, but I need help along the way. And God's given us this amazing book called the Bible. If you've never heard of it, you ought to check it out sometime because he tells us in his word uh, how he cares for us, how he loves us, and how he is a good father and how he wants to model for us the way that we can be good dads to our kids. So here's the first thing as we get rolling. If you're taking notes, write this down. When things get tough, Dad, remember what really matters. When things get tough, remember 
what really matters. You know, I remember a season in my life when uh, the first kids that came along to us, my first kids were tiny, man. They were little. Can anybody in here give me a big amen that those first few years of having a small kid is a hard time? Anybody just, yeah, A to the men. I hear y'all back there. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I mean, it's one thing when the baby's crying in the middle of the night, right? And somebody's elbowing you saying, it's your turn. Anybody ever got that elbow? And it's 3 o'clock, and you're thinking, okay, 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 I can do this. Let me get up, and maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I can put that baby to sleep. And it's 5, 36 o'clock, and you're heading on to work, and that baby still ain't going back to sleep. Um, that's hard days. Or, or what about, what about uh, somebody says, well, we've been, we've been eating in for so long. Let's just go to a restaurant tonight. How many of y'all had that one kid? Anybody got that one kid? You know that one kid is going to show out, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, people going into the, the outback, and, and the little, little hostess lady says, well, it's going to be about a 20-minute wait, and you hear people, you hear these couples saying things like, oh, that's great, no problem, that'll give us time to sit and talk. We can catch up. You're thinking 20 minutes, this thing will have the toilet peeled off of the wall by the time 20 minutes is over. Man, if you, if you let the thing down, it's going to run laps around the whole thing, pulling people's drink off the table, drinking it. If you hold that rotten baby, it's going to squeal and squall the whole time. You're like, can we just go home and slap some peanut butter on a piece of bread and call it a day? It ain't worth it. Y'all ever said that? It is not worth it, right? Um, what about, now, now listen, this is just the dad things. Moms, I get it. You, you, may not, you may not get this, and you may not even appreciate me bringing this up, but dads, come on, just us. Just us dads talking for a minute. Been at work all day. You're a young dad, right? I mean, you're in your 20s, right? And you're in that spot in your life. And your guys start talking about after work, you know, we want to go do some things after work. You're like, hmm, I sure would like to go do some things after work. That sounds, that sounds good. So, so on one hand, you've got do some things and the guys and going and doing whatever and hanging out. And on the other hand, you know that mad old wet hen is sitting there looking at that clock. You know that she's got two of them, three of them, four of them, and she's been with them babies all I'm looking at all women right down here. This is not going well. Y'all are looking at me some type of way. She's been looking at those babies all day long, and she's thinking, I know what time he gets off. I know how long it takes to get home. Can he get home? And you're thinking, could go play golf, could go fishing. But if I do, my phone's going to be blowing up. It ain't worth it, right? Remember those days, some of us who were people of a certain age, you wanted to do things, but you needed to be somewhere, and you had to figure out, what am I going to do? That's a tough season in life for a young dad. What do you do? Well, that's why I'm here today. You can tell me thank you later, whatever. Um, let's, let, let's go to the Bible. I want to point you to Psalm 127. Look at this passage of Scripture, amazing couple of verses here. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from Him. Now just stop right there just a minute, because those kids of yours, yeah, young dads, dad number one, this young season of life, they're a handful, and they stress you out, and they changed your life. But if I could tell you right now, um, did y'all hear all that sniffling and snorting and crying going on a minute ago while Nate was playing those young kids that you're dealing with right now, they're going to be the joy of your life as things go along. And God has given you these kids. And it may be tough right now, but just hang in there. 
It says their offspring, a reward from him. And then verse 4, it says like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know what a quiver is. It's the thing, if I could reach behind my back, but I can't. Y'all know where I'm going with that. If I could reach, you know, the quiver stays on your back, and the archer pulls out the arrow. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Why? Because the man's kids that he's built into, these arrows that he's, that he's formed and shaped and, and planned and worked with, man, these kids that this godly man has raised, when the people around you look at the kids that you have poured your life into, that you said no to lesser things so that you can say yes to building into those children, they're going to look at your children they're going to say, wow, what a godly man. Look at what great kids he has. And I get it, man. I know some of you are sitting here right now. You may hear that and you say, that's not what they say about me. That's not what they say about my kids. It's okay. Some of us have blown it sometimes, okay? I have blown it lots of times. But God wants you to hear today, if you feel like you've blown it, you're still breathing. It's not over. He has new things for you to do. Your kids may be grown, but there may be other kids that you need to pour in, knowing what you know now. If you're in that 20-something state, don't let the devil steal your joy by constantly telling you what you're not getting to do. It's time for you to focus on the arrows that God has given you. God called you a warrior. Now, I'm talking to people who are followers of Jesus. I want to talk to some Jesus-following young men this morning. And God has said those arrows are like that. Those children are like arrows of a warrior. And a warrior's not going to go into battle with, with, with an empty quiver. And a warrior is going to make sure that his arrows are sharpened and that they're straight and that they're true. And so when he, when he launches them out into the night air, into the darkness, into the world, that they find their mark. But if you don't sharpen them, if you don't invest in them, if you don't spend time with them, they're going to fly all over the place. So you have a window of opportunity. And that window is constantly closing. And God has brought you here today to help you to lift your eyes and to remember what matters. You know, just a few months ago, um, my friend Michael Decker, a lot of y'all know Michael Decker. Michael calls me one day and he says, I need to talk to you. I said, all right, come on down, let's talk. And he comes in and he says, I got a problem. All right, what's your problem? He says, man, I'm working all the time. I've never seen my wife, never seen my kids. My, my, my son says to me, Daddy, is tomorrow the day you're going to play with me? He said, I got, I got to make a change. Now, y'all may not know this, but Michael had a great job. One of a handful of people in the country who was able to do what he did as a nurse was given great freedom, great responsibility, um, great benefits for all of those things. And he looked at me and he said, I think I'm going to have to quit my job. I said, are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But when my wife says, where are you? I need you. I never see you. When my kids say, Daddy, when can we play? And that day never comes. He says, that's not right. That week, that next day, he called his boss. She didn't understand it. And he quit that job. Great job. Job people would love to have. And he found another job where he could make money, take care of his family, be at home. And I don't think he's ever regretted it because he can make more money and he can get more stuff. 
But that window for a young dad, it's closing, isn't it? So young dads, here's what I'm telling you. You got to spend time with them. You got to get in the floor and play. You got to read to them. You got to pray with them. You got to spend time with them. And you got to enjoy that time. Um, write this down. We're talking three dads. When you're that dad to kids, to young kids, a dad to kids is a teacher. You know, a dad is a, is a lot of things. A lot, dad wears a lot of hats, but one main thing when those kids are young is a dad is a, a teacher. Y'all get it, man, that in those first two years of life, a kid learns more in the first two years of life than they will ever learn the rest of their life because their brains are developing. They're learning so many things so quickly. And if you don't pour into them in those first two years, man, you're missing that opportunity. And so that means we have to be hands-on. We have to get down. What, how fun is it, though, to be in the floor wrestling and giggling with those kids and playing with them? How sweet is it to tuck them into bed at night? You get what I'm saying, man. The window will not stay open forever. Young dads, don't delegate this responsibility to anybody else. God has given this to you. Fill your quiver with strong, sharp, true arrows. Now let's talk about another season. Talk about move on down the road a little bit. And kids are starting to grow up. They're not those cute little babies anymore. They're growing up and they're getting a little bit older. And maybe your kids are starting to leave home. Maybe they're going to college. Maybe they're uh, getting their own jobs and starting their own lives. You know what? Those kids still need you. But they just need you in a different way. And so you, Dad, have to grow into this next season of life. So write this down. When seasons change... Resist the urge to go back. When seasons change, resist the urge to go back. Do you remember when your kid was little and you got that bicycle and you took the training wheels off of that bicycle? You remember what it was like to, to put that kid on that bike? Okay, you ready? I think I'm ready. Kid was nervous, a little bit scared. Truth of it is you were nervous, a little bit scared because you know what skin knees feel like, right? You know what a broken arm feels like, right? But you put your hand on the back of that bicycle, and the first thing you did, you kind of ran along with your hand on the back of it. You remember, you remember. But you also remember what it was like when you're running along behind them, and they know that you've got them, and they know that nothing is going to, you're not going to let anything bad happen to them, and you're running along, and at just the right time, you stop running, stop holding, and let them keep going. And in the first few moments, they don't know that you're not holding on. They're just, just as confident because you, they know that dad's got me. But the truth is, dad let go. And they're pedaling and they're riding. And at some point, they look around and they realize you're not there. And they might wobble a little bit. But what happens? They catch hold and they keep going. And they might flop and fall over. And we might have to do it again a time or two or three. But eventually, you don't have to put your hand on it anymore. What would it look like? If your 16-year-old say, Dad, let's go ride bikes today, you're like, oh, man, I know what this means. You go out there, and that 16-year-old gets on that little five-year-old's bike, and you put your hand on the back of the bicycle with your 16-year-old. Okay, son, let's go. You should have let go a long time ago. How's that youngin' going to learn how to ride that bicycle if you keep holding on? You get where I'm going with this? Sometimes you have to let go because they never get to experience 
everything that God has for them when we hold on so tightly. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and 12. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I'm fully known. And what he's talking about is we have a sense of who Jesus is, and we, we kind of get a dim version of it. And one day the, the veil will be taken back and we'll be able to see. But, but, but when he says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, acted like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish ways. And for some of us, as we're getting older, and as our children are getting older, we have to realize that there are some things that we have to put away, and we can't keep going back. Even though some of y'all may have been really good as a hands-on dad, it's time to change. Because truly, you were somewhat of a child raising a child at that point. But now things have to change. Y'all ever heard anybody say, yeah, got that baby. You're going to be, you're gonna be ba dad to that baby for the next 18, 20 years. Y'all ever heard that? Is that true? That's some nonsense right there. Um, you know, y'all go to that graduation. I've seen y'all at that graduation sitting there watching your baby come across with the cap and gown. All so proud. You, you sitting there crying, those big old tears. I've seen y'all hooting and hollering at that graduation, right? You, you sitting there hooting and hollering about those things and, and tears flowing down your eyes. Those are not tears of, of sorrow. Those are not tears of joy. Those are tears because you're so excited you're going to get to play golf again. You're going to get to go fishing again. You're thinking that baby's graduating. Woo! Let me, let me just whisper to you just a minute. It ain't over yet, y'all. I hate to break it to you. It just began. Anybody want to say amen to that? When they turn 18, 19, 20 years old, anybody been down that road before? What? Give me a pack of diapers any day, man. Those things about $12. I don't know. Um, these kids get a little bit older, man. They, 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 they have mistakes that have zeros on them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It is just beginning, man. But your job as a dad is changing. And so you got to change tactics, too. And so um, not only by that point in life should we, come on, dads. This is such a weird thing, man. It's such a weird dynamic when you're a dad because, like, like I, I've gotten older and my beard has gotten grayer, but I still do a lot of the same stupid stuff that I used to do. And I'm not proud of that. But sometimes when, when, when we're, we're men, like, like there are things that we should have put away a long time ago, right? There's dumb things that we should have stopped doing that we're still doing. And what he's saying is when I was a child, I acted, thought, behaved as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, not only should I be putting away the things of a child, because now I've got older kids that I have to raise. And come on, I hate to tell some of y'all this, but some of y'all going to have grandkids before you are ready for it. <laughs> That's fun looking at y'all. Y'all look like y'all just swallowed something out there. So, a dad to young adults. What is a dad to young adults? Write this down. A dad to young adults is a coach. A dad to young adults is a coach. So what does a coach do? Well, a coach watches from the sidelines. Coach isn't in the game. He's watching from the sidelines. And so, so by the time you get to this point in your kid's life, you should have already instilled into them the things that they need to know. In other words, you've already given them the game plan. 
they know where we're going. They should know what to do. And so a coach directs things. A coach calls some plays. And so it's time to live out what you've taught and instilled and modeled. But you know what time is not? It's not time to take your hands completely off of it. Y'all, I'm 51 years old, and there are things that happen today, this week, that I need to call my dad about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Things that, 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 that we just need to be able to do. We, we, we need our parents. But as a coach to a young adult, you have the awesome opportunity to help them to grow into being the man that God created them to be. You know, I've watched some of the guys in my small group. I've got a group of guys that we meet on Tuesday mornings. And, and it's a variety of ages in that group. But it's so cool listening to some of these guys who are dads, who, who have young men who are grown. And they're getting married and having babies and getting those jobs. And just seeing the pride in the eyes of dads who have done the sacrifice, who have given up the things, who have been to the ball games and been there with their kids and taking their kids to church. Come on, dads, don't put this thing off on mom of taking your kids to church. I love seeing y'all stand up. I'm so proud of you dads for being here today. And I want to I encourage you, I want to challenge you to take it even one step further. Y'all saw these kids running around the sanctuary. Well, we've got a lot of kids that want to come to church, but we don't have a lot of folks who want to help in the back to take care of them. The whole time my kids were little, um, somebody was always recruiting me to be part of what was going on in kids' world. And that did not mean that I had to be back there every week, but I was willing, we were willing as a couple to sign up. Okay, yes, I will do my part. I'll, I'll spend one Sunday a month working in the kids' area. It's just one Sunday. And by the way, we have multiple services, so you still get to go to church. But we need some dads. We need some moms and dads, couples. And guys, these these kids back here, y'all don't know. Some of the kids that's, that's back in our kids' area right now, a lot of them don't have a dad. Some of them don't have an adult uh, male model in their life. And I believe God's going to press on some of your hearts to be the ones who, who show up back there and help with that. But let me just stay where I am, man. Kids getting bigger and married and buying homes, and I see that in our guys. And I see kids that are getting older. And I see dads sometimes that, that still want to stay right in the middle of things. I just want to encourage you guys. It, it's, it's okay to turn your hands loose. I was reading this book a couple years ago, uh, Chip Gaines. Y'all know Chip and Joanna Gaines from HGTV, whatever that uh, Magnolia thing is or whatever. He wrote a book, and I was reading it a couple years ago, and he tells this story about how when he was in college, uh, he was dating some young lady and hadn't known her for long, didn't know that much about her, but they were getting closer, and so they were going to go somewhere one weekend, and they, they, they decided, let's meet here, and they get there, and she said, well, my car, is, I've got this SUV, it's bigger, let's take my, my vehicle. He says, okay, that's fine. They get in the vehicle, as soon as they leave, come to an intersection, and, and he pulls out with her in the vehicle, and he makes a left turn, and as he makes a left turn, a vehicle comes and just sideswipes them, T-bones them, and sends them spinning, does all kinds of damage to the vehicle. They're both fine, nobody's hurt, but the car is tore all to pieces. Now, it's still drivable, but it's a mess. He didn't know this at the time, but the young lady he was dating was the daughter of the governor of Texas. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. bad day he had never met the dad 
who was the governor of Texas at this point. So he's sitting in the car and he's saying, oh my goodness, I have wrecked this vehicle that belongs to this man and I've got his daughter in my car and I've had his daughter in a, in a wreck and I've never met him. He's going to go bananas. What am I going to do? I don't even know what to do. So he picks up the phone and he calls his dad and he says, dad, help me. I don't know what to do. I've wrecked this man's vehicle. I put his daughter in a wreck. Like, like I don't even know what, do I stay here at the scene? Do I call the, the insurance company? Was somebody going to call me? His dad said to him, son, that's incredible. That's an amazing thing. I can't wait to hear how it all works out. Call me when you get it figured out. Now, that's a lesson for dads, isn't it? How many of us love to put our Superman cape on and just jump in and fix everything? But do they learn more by fixing their own mess or when we fix it for them? A dad is a coach, and sometimes we need to call the plays, and when they don't run the play we call, Sometimes they need to feel that. Y'all feel what I'm saying? And that's where we learn sometimes. And that takes us to one more dad. One more dad. And that's the dad who's at the very end of his life. Write this down. Because you're going to need to come back to this at some point. When the end is imminent, rest in the source of your faith. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. But we live as if there is no end to this life that we're in. Can I tell you something? It's not true. It's going to end. Life is going to end for every one of us at some point. Um, decisions that you make today will impact your eternity. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that for you. It's just the truth. Look at Philippians 2.12. Paul says, therefore, my dear friend. You know, somebody calls you a dear friend. That person cares about you. And Paul cares about these people at this church at Philippi that he's writing this letter to. He wants them to understand this. He says, as you always have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Look at this next phrase. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I don't know if y'all heard what Mookie said a few minutes ago. She said, getting clean it wasn't her who did that. It was the God who was working inside of her that got her clean. And this thing of working out your salvation, he didn't say work for your salvation. He didn't say do a bunch of good deeds, be a better person, stop doing bad things, start doing good things. He said work out your salvation. And when I work out something, if I've got, if I've got a disagreement or a misunderstanding with you and we get together and we sit down at the table and we work that thing out, we get the facts to the table. And the facts of salvation... Being saved from our sin is that God sent his son Jesus into this world, paid the price for our sins, and he has offered salvation freely to each of us. But for us to accept salvation and to be truly saved and set free from our sins, not only do we have to accept that, but we have to let Jesus be the Lord of our life and follow him. That's the good news of the gospel. Not only that Jesus died for our sins, but now he wants to lead us on the path where he wants us to go. Here's a picture I'm going to ask them to put up on the, on the slide here. That's my dad, y'all. That's Bob. Let me tell y'all about Bob. That thing right there, he a mess. That's my dad. And boy, we have fought and fussed. But man, he sure did teach me some things. A lot of y'all know the story. And it's really hard for me to talk about this today because... You know, last week was his birthday, 
This is my first Father's Day with Bob not being around, not wondering how I'm going to get down there and see him. When am I going to make a phone call, all of those kinds of things. But he taught me a lot of things. He was a builder. He was a farmer. He was a, drove a, a, a motor grader for the North Carolina Department of Transportation, heavy equipment operator, big man, larger than life kind of guy. Did a lot of things right. Did a few things wrong. But in October last year when he fell, just another day. Day just like today. Going out doing what he did. Never expected that things would happen the way they did. Walks out of a trailer that he was working on. Walks down a couple of steps. Gets off balance at 79 years old. Falls over from the steps. Lands kind of on his neck. Flips completely over. His neck is broken. And at 79 years old, that Bob that is so strong and so tough and so big became a quadriplegic and for the next three months I would watch him in a wheelchair and I would hear his fears fears of every day being in a place where he didn't know if he was going to get strangled with his next breath fear of nighttime coming and no one being around and he wasn't able to to cough loud enough to clear his throat or he wasn't able to to yell loud enough to get help and so so he begged me and my sister and my mom somebody please stay with me at nighttime well he was in charlotte and one of us stayed with him every night while he was in charlotte during those three months In the last days, when he knew that the end was imminent, he gathered the family around a couple of times. This happened more than once because he thought he was a goner more than one time. But he gathered us around and told us a lot of stuff that we needed to do, a lot of things we needed to take care of. But he made sure that he was telling us that I've made some bad decisions in my life. There's some things that I've done wrong, and I can't change that. But all I know to do is to ask Jesus to forgive me. And I'm trusting in his word that tells me. And this was when he could still talk and kind of get it out. He, he, he told us all of these things. I've just, I've just asked Jesus and I believe that he's forgiven me. Because he tells me that he does. And he put all of his trust there. So when we were in that hospice room, we could tell that this was closing in. It's going to be probably his last day. I kind of leaned down to him. He's laying there in that bed. I said, Pop, are you ready to meet Jesus? He didn't hesitate. Couldn't hardly talk, but yes, I am. I'm ready to go. I've asked Jesus to save me. I've asked him to forgive me my sins. I don't know what else I can do. Y'all, that's about the most desperate prayer a person can pray. Most of us don't know what it feels like to be in that spot where the end of our life is just moments away and we know it's coming and we can't turn it back. And you may not be in that spot today, but you will. And I want to tell you that what I saw in my dad, I'm not going to tell you I didn't see fear in his eyes. There's fear when you don't know what's coming next. But I also, along with the fear, I saw the faith. And the faith was that it wasn't about what he had done with his life. It was faith that I'm trusting in what Jesus has done for me. And if I'm going to get to the other side to where Jesus is, the only way I'm going to get there is for him to get me there. And he, he told us 
know I'm good. I know Jesus is coming to get me. And I can't describe to you the peace that came over that room as we sang those old gospel songs to him in that room. Oh, my God, don't y'all look at me like that. About to mess me up. There was a peace that came into that room as he slipped from here to there. And I believe God allowed me to experience the things that I experienced in that week. So I can tell you about your good Father who wants you to know peace, who wants you to know that your window is closing. And it may not be today. He wants you to be a good young dad. He wants you to be a good middle-of-the-game dad. And he wants you to know that when the end is imminent, that you can be a dad who trusts in his process and his plan. Could I ask you right there where you're sitting, just close your eyes right now. I believe the Holy Spirit of God is speaking with some folks and wants to encourage some of you right now. See, the beautiful thing about our God, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, such a God of grace and goodness and love. And in his grace, he doesn't want you to be afraid. So whether you're a dad, a mom, a kid, whatever stage of life you're in, this, this part applies to you. As you contemplate the end, and it's going to come at some point, if you don't know right now that you have that peace and that assurance of knowing not only that you believe in Jesus, but that you have a relationship with him and you're following him, what God is saying to you right now is this is your moment. Let's not wait to that last moment because you don't know if you're going to get the benefit of being in a hospice room. You don't know if you're going to have the benefit of being able to think when your closing moments come. So let's make some decisions when the seas are smooth so that when the storm comes, we have something to hold on to. Father, right now, I believe that there are folks in this room who are anxious and concerned and worried about their relationship with you. And if this were their final moment, Lord, I believe there are folks in this room who, who would have a whole lot of anxiety about what happens after they take their last breath. So, Lord, right now, I believe that it is your will to bring salvation to this place. And Lord, right now, as you move in the hearts of your people, I pray that you will change futures. As you sit there, heads bowed, eyes closed, if you have that strong sensation that what God's saying to you right now is I brought you here to hear this today. And I want to have that relationship with you. I want today to be your starting day so that you will have that peace. If you would say, Jeff, that's me. I don't know that I'm saved. I'm not following Jesus, and I know that I need to make that change, and I want to do that today. If that's you right there where you're sitting, would you just raise your hand right there where you are so I can pray for you? Oh, my God. Hallelujah. One, two, three, four, five. Praise God for that. You can put those hands down. Now, if that's you right now, just you and God having a moment, I want you to just have just a quick conversation with him because he's already been speaking to your heart. He's already been telling you that he loves you. He's already been offering the invitation. And now your response to him in this moment is, God, I want that. I do not want to be on my deathbed wondering what eternity is going to be like. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made some bad decisions along the way. I'm trusting you to forgive me for that. 
God, I'm not capable of laying out the right path for my life, but you are. Holy Spirit of God, if you will speak to my heart and show me the directions and help me to follow you, I'm going to do my best, Lord, to let you lead, and I'll follow. Jesus, I give you my life today. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.